0: Welcome to the Purpose and Profit Club podcast for nonprofit leaders, mission-driven creatives, and social entrepreneurs. Get ready to stop dreaming and start doing. Here, ideas become action. We prioritize purpose and profit. You ready? Let's go. In last week's episode, I shared my mid-year check-in process. I decided to do my mid-year check-in a bit early. It felt like the right time in my business to get off the gas pedal for a moment and evaluate where I am as it pertains to my goals, my programs, my courses, and where I want to make any course adjustments between now and the end of the year. So that's what I ended up doing last week. And I walked you through that process in that episode. So if you missed that, go back. And the three questions that I asked myself during that process. So I recorded that episode in real time last week. And I was maybe on day two of that. So what that meant was I actually blocked out my entire week except for one day. And I didn't have any coaching calls. I didn't have any client calls. And I was able to really just work on the, I don't know, 10,000 foot view of the business. look Look at my metrics, look at my page views, look at my conversions, all the stuff that Normally, I might not look at week to week, day to day. So I went through that process. And the first place that I started with is really the metrics and reporting. But as the week progressed, I did a couple of different things that I wanted to share with you today. And then I want to talk about this idea of how I treat goals differently and why I keep my goals and why I achieve my goals because of a couple of different things that I've learned really through trial and error throughout the years and share those with you. So because we're in the middle of the year, in my mind, it's the perfect time to have this conversation because you may have started the year with goals or resolutions or intentions that have petered out by now. So if that's you, like we get to pick them back up if you still want to do them and bring them back to front and center and put some new life and new energy behind them in a way that feels like inviting or joyous or friendly or kind and not like, Oh, I should have done this by now. So we're not doing that. So after the first day where I got all of my metrics and my data and really went into that part of of my different systems to look at, all of the stats that I needed to look at and write down really some, there were some surprising moments, some great moments, some, you know, things that I knew, okay, let me, let me change a few things on my calendar between now and the end of the year. What do I want to double down on? And those pieces, I took the rest of the week and did a couple of things that worked really, really well. One of the things that I did is I did sort of a pattern interrupt. So If you work from home, I work from home. Um, Maybe you have a co-working space you go to. Maybe you even go into an office. If you're doing a week or a couple of days like this, do a pattern interrupt. And I kind of shuffled my schedule around and I shuffled my go-to places around. And that worked really well to open up my mind to just creativity and also open up my mind to like, ooh, just a different level of flow. So even if it was, again, I'm going to take my laptop and I'm going to do a little bit of work on my business during this week, but I'm going to go to a different place. Or instead of going to the gym in the morning, I'm going to go into the gym later in the day. I actually had this desire for months to see if I could walk to the gym, go work out and walk back. And I wasn't sure how long that would take me. And in my normal schedule, I didn't pack in time normally to like have that be just just open-ended. So I hadn't accomplished that before. I hadn't decided to do that before. And so I was able to do that last week. And I ended up finding out that it's a closer walk than I thought, and it's something I can totally do with enough time. I can, I can I loved that walk. Um and I ended up really just being able to like follow a few things that were both that's more on the personal side. But it was interesting because on the walk back, I stopped at a different coffee shop that I almost never go to. And I was writing down some of the things that I wanted to accomplish this year. And what was so cool is I referenced back what I had written down at the beginning of the year. So i had written it down in the first week of January. and I kind of laughed out loud because under the personal part of like Things I want to do, places I want to go, etc. I was like, "Wow, I've accomplished none of this." But but the laughter part was really funny because I was like, "Oh, I don't actually want to." Like the the places that I want to go have changed. The um a couple of the like personal goals that I had I want for this year have changed, and so it was like a a kind of a funny moment of like, "Oh, that's what I thought I wanted in January, and that's fine." And one of them was like a couple of trips I want to take that I know that I don't want to do this year. That I want to put in for next year. And it was like this idea of because there are a few other trips I want to take this year that feel like more of what I want. So I want to give you that of like that openness to changing your goal mid-year. You know, you can do that instead of just abandoning it altogether because that's still under the umbrella of, of travel. So for me, I was looking at these different categories. Like I had family, I had personal. Um, I had professional, I had, what's my other categories? Um, maybe hobbies, something like that. And I were look I was looking at those buckets. And then as I drill down to the professional, the business side, there's more goals within that. So so having a pattern disrupt was really, really helpful and just like breaking my own monotony and my own like, you know, that rinse and repeat. If you're feeling an edging on either burnout or just feeling just a little meh. I highly recommend you do this, like go to different coffee shops, go at different times, like just kind of kind of cycle out and and inject a new schedule. Like, yes, you can still work, you know, nine to four or whatever you work, but do different things at different times and see if that gives you a little bit more energy. That's the word I'm using. We're looking for energy. So that was one of the things that I did that was really helpful last week. Highly recommend you go through this process. You could even do it a half day. It doesn't have to be three or four days or whatever you want to give yourself. Just give yourself the opportunity to do it in some way. Today, I want to talk about this idea of goal setting and sticking to your goals. And not only sticking to your goals, achieving your goals, because it's one of those things that I think can be polarizing for people. Just the idea of goals and goal setting can be really polarizing because we talk to ourselves so negatively when we don't achieve a goal, when we when we um, abandon a goal, right? So you hear a lot of people in the beginning of the year just be like, I'm not going to do any resolution. And resolutions come with their own, I feel like loaded meh, where they tend to be related to weight loss or I don't know, drinking or something like that. It's like, they tend to be related to something negative versus a goal for me, at least has a positive like it feels like a professional or self-development like it feels like it's it's trending in a positive direction. So I have definitely had years where I felt exactly the way I just described pretty negative about goals and abandoned them, you know, within the first 30 days or something like that. One of the goals that I came up with this year that I have talked about on the podcast was if you're into words of the year, my word of the year is strong and I decided that I really wanted to get physically stronger. So that looked like strength training. And I decided to join my local gym, which I used to be a member of like way, 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 way back when. So I decided to rejoin the gym. And what I decided was I was going to do strength training at least three days a week and then do something like else uh, at least two days a week, a week, whether it's a long walk or something like that. So here's what set me up for success. One is I decided to – I already just named two things. One is I decided to – like a measure. I decided not to start out with five days a week of going to the gym because I knew that that would be too much. So I decided to start at a place that was still an improvement from where I was, but not some sort of like aspirational (laughs) – you know, I work out seven days a week kind of thing. I was like, what can I do right now? What feels doable? You know, it still felt, felt like a little bit of a stretch too, because I wasn't currently, I didn't have that habit in the beginning of the year. So three days felt like, okay, I I'm, I want to try that. So that was the first thing. The second thing was I almost joined a gym that was further away, but cheaper. What I noticed really, in really quickly as I went to go tour that gym And I was like, this is too far. I'm not going to go. It's too much friction. So I was able to remove more friction by joining the gym. It was slightly more expensive, not that much more, but it was worth doing because I knew that the friction of sitting in a little more traffic, it taking more time there and back was enough friction to where I was like, you know what? I think it's going to be easier for me to keep the goal going to the closer gym. So that was two things that I did. The next thing that I did was this idea of habit stacking. So you may have heard this. I think James Clear talks about this in his books. But habit stacking is really this idea of you're putting it, you're putting a new habit, something that you haven't yet cultivated, something that isn't yet easy and effortless, and you're putting it sort of like a sandwich between two things that are. So I imagine a peanut butter sandwich. So you got the bread, the peanut butter now you're adding the jelly and then another piece of bread. So it's like smush, habit stack, right? So habit stacking can work really well, even if you're trying to like take a vitamin or maybe you're trying to post uh, uh, social media every day. It's not a habit. So whatever is a habit, you can do it right after that thing. So for me... I knew what time would work really well for me. I knew I had an opening in my schedule there. And I just decided to stack it with an, an existing habit right after. The other thing that I did that was really different this time in keeping this goal was I knew I had read this before and I had experienced it before. But if you've ever heard it's 30 days, it takes 30 days to start and keep a new habit. I knew that was bullshit. I knew that that wasn't going to be the case. So I know we're talking about going to the gym in this one, but if you are starting any new offer program, initiative, prospecting, lead gen, any hard thing, and you're thinking it's going to feel easier, I'm going to get used to it in in the next couple of weeks, it'll just be part of the deal. For me personally, that hasn't been my experience. And so when I read the science that for many, many people, it's not 30 days to keep a habit, it takes much longer than that. I expected that. So in January, I knew that in February, I was not going to be like, yay, I'm someone who goes to the gym. This is so easy. This is just part of the deal. I knew that. And I take that same structure of, of this goal. And I carry it with me to my, my business goals. So again, if I have a new tactic that I'm trying, if I have a new way of reaching my followers, if I have a new webinar or something like that, I know that it's not just going to be like, boom, just part of the deal. I know that it's something that I'm going to stick, need to stick with before it really takes like, what's the word? Like it takes shape, like before it gets momentum, So expecting that made it really, really helpful when in February and in March and in April, you guys, it still didn't feel like a habit. It did not at all. It did not. So expecting that it would take longer. That was another helpful piece. The next thing that I got was one of these year long habit trackers. I just Googled one. I wanted one that was at a glance for one year. And basically it has the months on the left hand side. And then across it has the numerical days. And anytime I went to the gym, I blocked it in. Anytime I did a long walk, I blocked it in or some other activity blocked it in. Okay. And that helped me get that neural pathway. So like that brain science piece of like, Ooh, I'm somebody who does this now. So almost like that Pavlovian response of I'm going to go to get, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to fill out this little block for that day. I, you know, the dog sits, the dog gets a treat the dog hears the bell ring, the dog salivates, right? If you know Pavlov's dog. So that habit tracker, which is a visual, I can see it right now in my office. It is on the wall. It is color blocked. It is really interesting because I actually can see when I had oral surgery, because there's a gap in days. I can see when I had a cold, because there's a gap in days. So it's like, I, and I let it be like, it's okay. I don't, I, you know, I knew ahead of time, the whole thing wouldn't be 365 days of colored filled in blocks. I knew that there would be gaps and that was okay. And that was another piece of like, I didn't know ahead of time. I didn't know in January 1st that I would be out for those two, two different things. Um, so those were bummers, <laughs> but I didn't say, ah, oh, forget it. I'm just not doing this anymore. Right. Okay, year-long habit tracker. That was another thing. So I want to share with you this stack, because like I said, I read a while ago that it's not 30 days to keep a habit. It's not 21 days to keep a habit. So one one study that I pulled up said, (laughs) let me get this from the top here, it said that depending on the person, depending on the, the habit, it can take an average of 59 to 70 days to keep a habit. And that's from, let's see, Psych Central. And that's a recent study from 2021. So 59 to 70 days. And I will say, let's see, 30, 60, 90. It took me longer than that. You guys, it took me longer than that. So it wasn't until May. There was a Monday in May that was a holiday. I guess maybe it was was Memorial Day. I don't know. But there was May and I was hanging out with the kids and we were just doing whatever. And... I said to myself, Oh my God, it's a Monday. I go to the gym on Mondays. And I, it was like maybe three o'clock that day. And that day I was like, Oh, but this is a day that I work out. And I was like, I'm getting a workout. in, so I worked out that evening instead. And that was like the first time it clicked where I was like, Oh, you're of strength. Here we go. You're of strong. Here we go. So be kind to yourself. Let yourself say, you know what? Sometimes it's not 30 days and sometimes it's not even 60 days or a hundred days. Sometimes it's just constantly, um, re what's the word, like recommitting to the habit. And that's okay. So as we go through these goals, here's what, here's, I want to give you like a, a more business lens, nonprofit lens example. So you can apply what I'm talking about for your specific mission. Okay. So let's say you have a revenue goal and to get that revenue goal, there's maybe two to three primary strategies that you're going to deploy this year. Okay. And we're halfway through the year and maybe you say to yourself, I kind of petered out on one. I kind of don't think I'm going to get there at all because we're not even halfway to that revenue goal. We're way under, right? Those types of things. And that is this idea of giving yourself the grace to break the rules, to not have it be a perfectly color-coded year where every single day you get to fill in the box and you get to check the box and say, I did it. It was perfect. And instead say, I'm staying the course. I'm staying the course for this period of time. This is the strategy and I'm going to continue to do it. Even if I skip a day, even if I skip a week, right? This is applicable for fundraisers. This is applicable for a new launch or offer or campaign. Anything where you feel like this start and stop, start and stop. I'm thinking of a couple of different students I have who are committed to sending emails every single week, except for the weeks where something came up and they've said to me, I didn't send an email this week. And at that point, there is a fork in the road where you really can say to yourself, I didn't send an email this week, so it's done like my, it's almost like a a winning streak, like my winning streak's done. And now I don't have to do this thing anymore. And instead, what I want you to say is I didn't send an email this week, which is totally fine. My audience got a break, totally fine. And I'm sending one next week. And that's all it is. It really is fall down, get back up, fall down off the bike, get back up. Okay. Or maybe you have a social goal where you're saying, okay, we are going to post, you know, five reels or five TikToks or some sort of video content a week. And what you realize is like, maybe you took a month off. You're like, we just didn't, we have X, Y, and Z reason, but we didn't get it done. That's a really common reason why an organization would just abandon ship on that and just go, yeah, it didn't work anyway. Right. But for every single one of my marketing classes, I always ask you to at least commit to it for three months. But really, six. Six is the place where we can really measure, is it working? What do we want to change? What do we want to double down on? So if you get, if you get to that point and you realize, you know, we've totally stopped for 30 days. What's the point? I you want you to remind yourself, like, No, this is something that I've committed to, and I'm committed to it being imperfect action. I knew on the front end, it wasn't going to be 365 days of perfection, right? I knew on the front end, I was committed to imperfect action. And so this is part of the process. Like I'm literally building the muscle of getting better at this. Maybe you're prospecting and doing lead gen, okay? Same thing. Maybe you're saying, I'm gonna reach out to, 20 prospects each month, and you come out strong in January, You come out strong in February, and then you get a curveball, a life moment in March and April. And maybe after those two moments, you just completely step out of it in May. You get to recommit and make June, July, August, and so on like the best months ever. And how you do that, how you enjoy the process is the way that you talk to yourself. So I highly recommend you remind yourself like, Oh yeah, it's not 21 days for it to be easy breezy and a habit that's just effortless, like brushing my teeth, right? Is it takes time and some habits will be easier. Some goals will be easier and some will feel a little bit harder, but like you're up for the hard. I know I'm up for the hard. That's part of the deal. I sent an email out today to my email list about a conversation that I had with my son and he's got these three wiggly loose teeth and they've been wiggly and loose for like six months. And he's not doing the thing that you and I probably would do, which is wiggle them, you know, give them a, give them a, help them, help them out. Our dentist said to us in the last visit, like, Hey, you want to kind of get those moving. And I talked to him about it and he had a lot of hesitation on getting them out and wiggling them and helping them along. And I was asking him why, and what he revealed was just like this uncertainty with like, well, what's it going to feel like? What's it going to be like? Well, it's going to be weird or awkward or gappy or whistly when I lose my front teeth. And when he said that, I realized like, oh, I get it. Like this kind of nervousness and this like this, well, it's comfortable this way. And I know this way. I know this way with my baby teeth. And I don't know this other way without them. And who knows how they're going to grow in? Like who knows? Like complete uncertainty. And what we talked about was like, I pointed to my desk, we're in my office on the couch. And I pointed to my desk, you know, I've got a couple, two monitors and I've got the cords and the pens and all the, he can see my, my calendar for the year. And I've got all of my workshops calendared in and my conferences and everything. And I was like, babe, look at this. And I was like, I feel that every single day. I was like, Every single day, I'm not sure what's ahead of me. Like, I think I know, but I don't really know. When I'm teaching live workshops to audiences, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the questions that are, they're going to ask. Like, what is on the other side is total uncertainty. But I'm here for it. Like, I sign up for it on purpose. Because the alternative is we keep our baby teeth and we just stay small. And we just get little. And we just, we just kind of keep, keep, keep our life small. And I'd rather go out there and I'd rather like get in the arena as Brene Brown talks about than not. I'd rather get out there and feel what it feels like when it's awkward, feel what it feels like when it's awesome and all of those in-between moments. And hopefully I nudged, moved, moved his belief a little bit more, but it was such a beautiful reminder uh, as adults of, you know, kids are going through this literal physical change their entire childhood and adults, it's almost optional for us. Yes, we age, but we don't have to like push ourselves into these areas of growth unless we want to, and I want to. So that's why I set goals. But the part of enjoying the goals, part of enjoying the process of the goals is this piece of realizing that it's a choice, that you're choosing to do it and talking to yourself kindly and and in a in a way that fuels you forward through the process. So that's what I've got today. I hope that was helpful. Let me know what you think. Come hang out with me at Splendid Consulting on Instagram and leave us, if you haven't already, a review for the podcast. That is super helpful. Share the podcast with your friends and I will see you next time. Like what you're hearing and want to take this to the next level? I want to invite you to go to Purpose club to watch my free class. In there, I will tell you the number one thing that's keeping your nonprofit or social impact business stuck and what to do instead. Go to purposeandprofit.club think you've reached out to everyone in your network? Are you out of ideas to get noticed and get funded? I hear you. That's why I'm giving you a chance to steal my prospect list. Yes, you can generate leads for your nonprofit or impact driven business. Grab my mini training and list delivered to your inbox instantly. Go to splendidcourses.com forward slash prospect.